Welcome to Life is Love School. Hi everyone, today I will talk about a important topic, triggers. So triggers can be explained by a famous psychological experience called um, Pavlov's dog. So for those of you that haven't heard of the experiment before, the Pavlov's dog is an experiment where the experimenter would ring a bell and then bring a dog food and then the dog would salivate. So normally, if you bring the dog food anyways, the dog would salivate. But the genius part of this experiment is that the experimenter first rang a bell, and then it brought the food and the dog would eat it. After a while of doing this, the experimenter realizes that she could simply ring the bell with not, no food in sight, and the dog will still salivate. So if you think about our experience, in life, the bell itself is the trigger. So in my experience growing up, because I grew up with a father that was violent, if he furled his brow, it generally means that he's unhappy. So he had some kind of stressful event at work, he came home stressed out, and he's looking for a punching bag. So the furl brow then became a trigger for me, because a lot of times when he furls his brow, the kids are going to be his punching bag. So as a grown up, if I see a man in particular furl his brows, I get really worried. I'm scared. My heart rate goes up. My breathing gets more rapid. My sympathetic nervous system is triggered into the fight, flight, and freeze zone. So this kind of experiment also reminds me of a story that Tony Robbins once told. He said that when he was a teenager, his father came up to him and say, hey, Tony, would you like to have a beer? And he said, sure, dad, I'd love to have one. And his dad is like, okay, here's the deal. You can't just have one beer. You have to have the entire case. Deal? And Tony's like, sure, bring it on. So he proceeded to drink the entire pack of 12 and then proceeded to throw up violently. Tony said that after that experience, he never drank a drop again right? Setting the legality of that aside, it's not entirely legal. It was very effective. His father basically uh, did aversion therapy on Tony without knowing it. So in terms of how the medical community applies similar technologies to uh, curing people of addictions, for example, alcoholism, since we're talking about alcoholism, and it impacts one in eight adults, is if you go to the doctor with alcoholism and you tell the doctor you like to quit, what the doctor will do is they will give you a pill that you could put in your alcoholic beverage and you drink your beverage as usual, but afterwards you will feel extremely sick, you will be nauseous, you will throw up. And that then creates a paired association that alcohol equals being sick, feeling bad, and that severs the pleasurable connection that was there before. So how does that apply to removing triggers? So the key to removing triggers is to do the opposite of our natural reaction. If we avoid what we're afraid of, we're giving credence to whatever we're afraid of. So let's say that we had a, a bad experience with a dog 
when we were little. So as an adult, we started to avoid the dogs. We don't go to the dog park, obviously, but we're also freaked out if we see a dog at work or at any other place. So wherever the dog goes, we can't go anymore. So the dog's world gets bigger, our world gets smaller, right? It's not great. And the more we run, actually, the more afraid we get. Because what happens in our mind is that the running away is what's keeping us safe. Even though that's a false conclusion, the brain creates that association through your action of running and through the subsequent, hey, you know, look, nothing bad happened to me. That's also the situation of how, how other anxieties are formed. For example, social anxiety, which a lot of us suffer. Maybe we had a bad experience as a child, you know, giving a presentation in front of people and, and made fun of. And after that, we're like, you know, when we are in front of other people, being around people equals uh, pain and anxiety. So let me just avoid it. And the more we avoid it, the scarier the thought of being around people gets until we eventually retreat all the way into our house and we just don't have friends, don't go to social activities, et cetera. And that leads to depression. So the way to actually remove this type of trigger and remove the anxiety is to do the opposite. What is called graduated exposure, meaning slowly, slowly, and the keyword is slow, slowly exposing us to what we were afraid of before. So take the social anxiety example. The first step would be, hey, let me, you know, maybe look at a picture of people, look at a picture of people enjoying a party. And I can already feel my heart rate go up. I can already feel my you know, BP go up. My breathing rate goes up. My palms are starting to sweat. And that's enough. The important thing then is to bring your anxiety down, back down, at least by 50%. So you could either say, you know, I'm going to start and I'm going to measure my anxiety level, just assign a rating uh, scale one to 10. Let's say it felt like a 10, I bring it down to five. It felt like a four, I bring it down to two, right? You don't want to raise it too much. Actually, the, the less you raise it up, the better, and then you bring it back down. Or you can say, even though looking at this picture of people having a party makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm still going to look at it, visualize it for 10 minutes. And while that's happening, I do deep breathing because deep breathing triggers the parasympathetic rest and digest part of the parasympathetic nervous system. So it brings back calm. So the key is do not run when you're uncomfortable, because guess what? If you run, when you feel uncomfortable, it's reinforcing that old pathway of, oh, people, scary, oh, people, I run. So that's actually going to do more harm. So the reason that being slow is important, I'll give you an example. So I am allergic to a lot of things. I'm allergic to dogs and cats, even though I have a cat. I'm also allergic to all sorts of plants, so whether that's like a tree, the flowers, you know, anything. So I've been getting shots for about three years. And shots take a lot of time. You get the injections and you have to sit there for 30 minutes. And I'm very busy, full-time job, everything, right? Just like everybody else. So I got impatient. I went to the doctor and I said, I need to talk to you. And I said, you know, I'm somebody who could take a lot of you know, discomfort, pain, no problem. Just inject the whole bottle. Don't, you know, segment into four injections. I need to come four times. No, I come one time, give me the entire bottle. And the doctor said, you know, you may, it doesn't work that way. 
Because if I give you too much too soon, it actually freaks your body out. It freaks your body's immune system out and it will actually be more allergic to these things that you're trying to desensitize against. So I thought that was very enlightening and a perfect example of why when we do graduate exposure, it has to be very, very small steps, very, very gentle on yourself. And as we get exposed to things that we were previously afraid of that raises anxiety to then, you know, as we are seeing these things bring our anxiety level back down, we're literally training ourselves to say, it's no longer scary. I'm a big person. It's not scary anymore. And the last thing I'll close on is um, this lady who's in my coaching group. And you should seriously consider joining the coaching group because you'll get so much insight just from hearing other people's story. But this lazy lady in my coaching group, she said that she uh, had a very bad experience as a child with a dog. And so she's deathly afraid of dogs. But after she had her own children, she decided that she must not pass on this fear to her children. So whenever she sees a dog, she would pretend that she likes dogs. She would, you know, wave to them, eventually ended up petting these dogs, even though she felt very scared and very uncomfortable. And she said, you know what, Yume, I am no longer afraid of dogs. And I had no idea that this is because I was doing graduated exposure on myself. Isn't that a lovely story? She did it out of love for her child, but it ended up helping her. So I'll end on this note that triggers, you were not born with it. You were not born being afraid of a lot of things. It was taught to you or you learned by experience. The best part of this is that what is learned can be unlearned if you are willing to do the work and be patient with yourself. So on that note, I'll send you, uh, I'll share the information on the coaching group below. We have discussions like this all the time where people bring up their issues and they share what works, what doesn't. And I chime in with various healing modalities like this to help people through it. So initially this discussion actually came up through some people's questions around social anxiety. So whatever issue there is, there is a solution. And I hope you'll join us because hearing other people's story and sharing it with the group is in itself very healing.